Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Bring, bring it bring it to the bring it Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, we are here today with a Lester update featuring Jim, who you can find on Twitter at Jim Knight Tweets. He's also our most regular, if not only, Lester fan that comes on the show, so always a pleasure to chat with him, especially because things have been going relatively well for Lester lately, unfortunately, falling just short of Champions League on the final day. Right before that, I think it was literally the previous weekend, right after you'd won the FA Cup, we discussed whether you would have rather finished top four or won the FA Cup, and at the time you said... FA Cup all the way, the memories, the images that that conjured are definitely things that will last much longer than being in the Champions League for a season and, and the money that comes with it. Just curious now after how everything unfolded, if you're sticking by that answer. Yeah, I mean, it's still gutting not to qualify for the Champions League having been in it. I think we were in it from the very first week of the season yeah. um, because we got a favourable result on week one and then we were we were in it all the way through and... Yeah, to drop out at the very end, especially the second season in a row that that's happened as well, is you worry if it's going to start becoming a trope now um, for for Leicester. But I think winning the FA Cup is still the, I don't want to say bigger achievement because financially it's not. And I think from a, a the club would undoubtedly be better financially set if we'd have qualified for the top four and lost the, the FA Cup final. But... The memories of that day, I think the fact that it was, and it, it's, a, it's a semi-unique situation to Leicester, I guess, that winning a trophy is always great, but the FA Cup was the only trophy from an English domestic standpoint, major trophy that had eluded us as well. Mm. So it was the final piece of that puzzle. Um, so I think that bakes into the fact that we had, you know, such an emphatic goal and such a brilliant performance on the day that and some fans got to be there, which is one of the first like matches with, a proper fan like crowds and stuff not not much social distancing going on for better or for worse um at Wembley that day so I still think I'd take the FA Cup obviously that like I say the finances would be better but I kind of think that the last few weeks and particularly the last few days have actually shown us that maybe our recruitment opportunities haven't suffered as a result of that it's not like we're going to be trying to attract elite players that are going to be commanding giant salaries and giant transfer fees. Our ethos has always been to sign on the cheaper side and try and develop cheaper in air quotes there, but the cheaper side in terms of trying to buy players that could be worth four times, five times their transfer fees in two to three years, rather than trying to attract massive marquee signings, um, say like a, a Manchester United, a, an Arsenal and a Chelsea, and maybe even Spurs on that regard. So, I don't know if the lack of Champions League football is going to damage us too much in that regard. And I think hopefully the, the FA Cup victory will live long in the memory beyond a, a mediocre Champions League campaign would have done if we'd qualified. Mm. 
Yeah, and I think even the, the external perspective of Leicester, and we, we may have talked about this, I don't know if it was on or off air, but the perception of this Leicester side will no longer be fluke Premier League winners. Like, yes. if you had made the Champions League a few years, it might have been like, oh, they were pretty good, like like Pro Bowls in the NFL. Like, oh, he was pretty mm-hmm. good for a while. But the fact that yeah. you got another trophy, I think, really cements just how good the side has been and that it was a prolonged thing, not just the weirdest blip on the sporting radar for a decade. Um, you brought up the fact that your transfer policy is very good and that you probably won't be missing out on many targets uh, because of the... The uh, lack of Champions League football. You've already done it with two incredible signings. Basically, every stats nerd losing their minds <laughs> over the fact that you've gotten both uh, Bubakari Samare and Patson Daka in. Um, the latter is, is I think, just on just a freaking rocket ship to to start him, even though he's the one coming from a smaller club. But I just wanted to get your sense of, of those signings in terms of what the fan reaction was, how they might fit into the team, and, and who they might be replacing that's currently starting that people aren't aware might be about to lose their job. To be honest, I, I don't know. I, I've i seen some like fans getting excited, but I think what you said about the stats nerds being very much of you know in approval for these two signings probably translates inversely to the amount of public perception like that's going down <laughs> at the moment because they're not players that people will have heard of like you told them we've signed a Zambian international from um Salzburg and a French under 21 international from Lille and it's like most people couldn't even tell you that Lille had won League what League One last year like <laughs> yeah. they they wouldn't know genuinely it's it's that's not to to talk down any fans it's just the public perception probably isn't that exciting like they're not people would get more excited over the links to like a Coutinho for example that we've been vaguely linked with and stuff you know these players that are out of contracts or kind of looking for moves for big clubs that will get the fans more excited than another player coming in semi under the radar unless you are watching I mean. Dak has been in the Champions League for a few seasons, so people might have noticed him, but it w- will only probably have been in passing from a general public perception uh, point of view. You're not necessarily going to have pinpointed him when Salzburg were playing an English team, if they did indeed play an English team. I can't remember the last time I, I saw him. I certainly haven't seen that much of him um, myself. So I think there's not that much fan reaction about that. I think we trust, and maybe the excitement is more about trusting the process because we've got such a proven track record. And don't get me wrong, there are failures here. It's not an unmitigated success every single time we bring a player in. But for every Adrian Silva or for every Ahmed Moussa or Islam Soleimani, there is like a Kaglas Ayunchu, there's a Wesley Fofana, there's a Yuri Tielemans, there's a Riyad Mahrez and an Angola Kante, if you go back that far. But the point is that our recruitment policy has always been around this. And the fact that it's been able to continue seemingly for us to kind of pick on our, our, our targets and, you know, pick off players that have won titles and um, are playing at a seriously good level already. And we feel they can be the next step in our squad's development is extremely exciting I mean the numbers alone for Dakar look very very exciting albeit I think there's a little bit of like Eredivisie syndrome about the um, Austrian league in terms of Mm. like how much is 27 28 29 goals in a season worth when you're playing for a team that win the league every year you know is he going to be a uh, Luis Suarez type player that comes in and hits the ground running and scores goals in England like he did in 
in the Netherlands or is he going to be like a Vincent Janssen or a Massimo Macaroni to go mm. further back and be like, yeah, did it fine in those more, maybe less competitive leagues in terms of the, the pace and the power and the, the those kind of things, but couldn't necessarily cut it through whatever reason. There's not only that one factor. It's not just like if you play in Holland or Austria, you can't then play in, in the Premier League because some players can clearly, but... I don't think he's on many people's radar ultimately. So, but I think it's super exciting. Um, Samari again. I mean, I don't know how we're going to fit all these players in. You asked about who might lose their yeah. starting spot. Like, I genuinely don't know. Like, I, I genuinely feel like Samari might be the most luxurious rotation option that you're likely to find in the Premier League because the only way I can really see it happening that he, Tielemans, and Ndidi actually play regularly is. I don't think we're going to change the four-two-three-one. I mean, we could. And if we do, that probably means Daka gets more game time in the same way that, that Iheanacho did at the end of last season and did very, very well. And that's another conversation that I'll come on to. But in terms of Samare, like, is he the midfield destroyer alongside Wilfred and Didi? If he is, does that mean Yuri Tielemans gets a more advanced role? If he does, what does that mean for someone like a James Madison, who also plays very centrally and is also that creative kind of fulcrum in attacking midfield? Now, Madison, I think we spoke the back end of last season and we talked about players that mm. potentially could leave. Madison's probably the one with the target on him more so than anybody else, I'd say, just in terms of like links to other clubs, but then the chance that he was going to leave has probably been extinguished. Now, Manchester United have paid the money for Jaden Sancho. Um, I don't see another team parting with that kind of money for him, um, especially not this season. So I don't, in answer to the question, I don't really know. I mean, it could, like I say, it could be the fact that we've just felt like we've dropped off two seasons in a row in the final third. Injuries have really cost us, losing the likes of Harvey Barnes and James Justin um, at the back end of the season just gone was a massive blow. And I genuinely think if both of those had been fit for a good proportion of the last third of the season, we probably would have got to the Champions League. Like their impact and their lack of impact when they were injured is is just phenomenal. And we were so not unlucky, but like we felt unlucky, you know, in terms of like we battled through an injury riddled season already, which I know everyone kind of did with COVID, but and back to back seasons, but we just felt like it was just another kind of gut punch that two really, really young, improving, potentially England players um, were, were cut down in their relative prime that season. So it could just be that we're looking to strengthen key positions. Um, Wilfred and Deedee did miss big portions of last season with injury as well. So maybe we're covering for that with Samare. And, you know, we've spoken, Kev, I've been doing this podcast for, you know, what, five, six, seven years maybe. Yeah. And we've pretty much always spoken about what's next after Vardy? How do you get another striker to work alongside Vardy? And maybe between Ian Acho and Daka, we've basically got a bit of a showdown for who that might be. Um, Vardy, at the end of last season, clearly wasn't fit. He had a groin injury that he got operated on and came back very, very quickly and was basically never the same again. And you could tell from before that he was he was struggling. Um, and Ian Acho stepped up to his credit and scored goals. But maybe we feel that even now, we need another option. Um, from what I've read about Dakar since he was kind of linked and assigned, and there's a good interview on the Leicester City website with a journalist um, from 
a Salzburg-focused um, outlet. I don't know if it's a, a newspaper or uh, an online column or whatever, but he spoke very kind of glowingly about his pace and his power and how he thought that he would translate to the Premier League in terms of not missing a beat and stepping up um, to that level from from where he's coming from. Um, if that's the case, it could be that he plays alongside Vardy for a season. But I mean, Vardy's 34 and there's every chance that he's now running on fumes to some degree as well. Um, so it could be that it becomes then a rotation piece. Um, Vardy will be a club legend. I think he'll probably go down as our best ever player um, in terms of what he's done, where he's come from and the story behind that. And it will be a shame if he's phased out, but at least if he is going to be phased out, there's someone there that can hopefully step in and fill those shoes because whoever that is needs to be able to score 15, maybe 20 goals a season to keep us in contention for where we want to be, which is pushing towards the top four every season, being regulars in the Champions League and potentially making title challenges. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Yeah, I think those are all really good points. and really interesting to hear that uh, the fan base reaction might not be the same as like the Twitter <laughs> XG Yes, I think the Twitter reaction. base is a microcosm of football <laughs> that you don't necessarily see if you interviewed, if you did box pops with 100 fans you know, right. outside the King Power Stadium on any given day, it's very unlikely that you would get the kind of fervour around signings like this. But that's what football Twitter is for, right? That's what stats <laughs> Twitter is for. You identify players like this. It's the extrapolation of the football manager kind of ethos and yeah. finding players in leagues that you might not be familiar with. And I think that's super exciting. And hopefully, you know, our scouting team have, have done so well in terms of unearthing these talents that everyone trusts them to get on and do the job. And hopefully, you know, we've got a couple more starlets on our hands who might be using Leicester as a stepping stone. You don't know, because if Daka comes in at his age and scores 20 goals in one Premier League season, let alone two Premier League seasons, the chances are he's not going to be playing for Leicester for a third Premier League season because hmm. someone else will have picked him up, I'd imagine. Yeah, although recently you've managed to keep hold of most of your players. And like true. you said, Madison probably not not about to exit this summer either. Um, I, I think what's really interesting about some of the formation and tactical stuff you were talking about was it seemed like when Madison and Barnes went down, that's what gave E.A. Hanacho a spot. And then he obviously thrived in it. So now if you're re-putting in both an attacking midfielder and a winger, then to your point, does does Samari play? If that takes away Ihanacho's spot and Vardy still has to start every match just because of, you know, history and stuff, then if Ihanacho's starting, then Daka's probably not starting. So there really is like a cascading thing, but I do agree with you. I think a lot of this is injury stuff. Is yeah. last season, if 
Vardy had been struggling and you were already playing Ihenacho and you put Daka in, or when you lose James Madison, maybe you do, you know, move to like a 4-3-3 or stick with a 4-2-3-1 and then put in someone like Samari and then allow Tielemans to be like a traditional number 10. Um, yeah. Also, I'm not like the biggest Chowdhury guy. Um, no. So I, I think having somebody like that, that can really drive forward and also ping some balls in there and dribble passes, man, all, all of the stuff. Bubakari Samari is really a kind of, both of them really are like pieces of clay that you can really mold into what your team needs because um, both of them are just so talented in so many different ways. And if anybody is a Leicester fan that's listening to this and currently isn't excited about Pats and Daka, I'm not recommending this for all players, but just watch some highlights so you understand what the ceiling could be because some of the stuff he does with the ball is bonkers. And to your Eredivisie point, some of it is against defenders who you know, might literally be part-time. But yes. um, the, some of the, the technique that he has is just insane. Um, unlike uh, potentially some members of the fan base, somebody that will be presciently aware of just how talented these players are, is Brendan Rodgers, who was linked pretty heavily to the Tottenham job exclusively from the Tottenham side. After your last match of the season, he very clearly said that he wasn't intending to, to leave, go anywhere, He's sticking with with Leicester. And I think we all knew that basically the second he got to lift the FA Cup and all those moments that we talked about at the open of the show, I think it became very clear that he, he's part of something there. And and with the signings of some like Daka and Sumare, the, the future is very bright as well. Um, were you surprised, happy? What, what was your reaction to Rodgers just being fully committed to this club and project when, like you said, there is kind of this mentality among Leicester fans of, are they just here to get a step up to somewhere else? Yeah, I think that's perfectly valid. I think it's a valid point. Um, I also think there's probably a bit of scar tissue there from the fact that he flirted with the Arsenal job um, a couple of years ago as well, or like 18 months ago. Um no, not 18 months ago. Jesus, COVID's walked my brain. A couple of years ago, <laughs> when he, he'd been in charge for like a year and we were doing fine, um, and the Arsenal job came up before um, Arteta got it. Um, he was quite heavily linked with that job. Um, and he then signed a new contract. And that was like the footballing manager equivalent of a player submitting a transfer request and then signing a bumper new contract with the club that he already plays for, um, the Lionel Messi approach until this season, if you like. Um, so I think there was a little bit of nervousness there, maybe, but I think Leicester have also, I mean, we were super relieved that he stayed. I don't think anyone would have said, go, you know, we we can do just as well without him, because I don't think that's the case. Um, and I think maybe he did join Leicester as viewing it as a stepping stone club, because he was at Celtic, he won everything there was to win, but that only gets you so far in terms of consideration for a elite job. And I'm not counting Leicester as an elite job, I'm talking a Champions League regular, of which he managed already in Liverpool, but a, a job akin to that, a Manchester City, a Manchester United, a Chelsea kind of job where the budget is massive, the expectation is massive, and you will be kind of immortalised if you do well. Um, so maybe he did view Leicester as that when he moved from Celtic, but maybe that has morphed into something more now because of how well it's gone. Um I don't think even he probably envisaged quite the journey that he's been on in a relatively short period of time. Um, the fact that we've won some silverware is fantastic, but obviously being so close to the Champions League, I think he probably sees the bigger vision now clearer than he's ever done um, in terms of what is possible 
if you get those extra players in for squad depth, if it means that you don't have to be worried too much if one player goes down with injury because you've got someone else of better, you know, or, or equivalent or almost equivalent quality to bring in, which isn't always the case with Leicester squad, unlike, say, a Chelsea or a Liverpool or a Manchester City. Um, so, yeah, we're obviously pleased that he's staying. I think he's committed for the relative long term now, mostly because I don't think any of those jobs are coming up either. It would be interesting to see what happened if a job did come up like that. Um, and he was linked to, say, a Manchester City if Guardiola left um, because of what he'd achieved. So, yeah, we're, we're happy. We're pleased. I, I was never concerned. Sound this. I don't want this to sound like derogatory, but I was never worried about the Tottenham job. I think it was always going to be, in relative terms, based on Tottenham being at a relatively low ebb and Leicester being towards the top of their kind of potential at the moment. It was always going to be at best a sideways move for him, which I didn't think made sense, particularly with the doubts over Harry Kane and whether he'd stay. And mm. obviously, we still don't know what that means. But the Tottenham job is a lot more attractive if you've got Harry Kane tied down to another five-year contract right so I was never particularly worried about that um and we just hope that obviously we're able to keep replicating the success that that's come in the first couple of years of his time with us yeah well I definitely think it's good news like you say if a big job that's super appealing comes along maybe maybe his eye will be turned a bit but like I said I, I think um uh, on top of just the the FA Cup trophy how the club will be remembered thing. That's something tangible that he has, you know, gotten at your club. So I, I think that might even form a, a tighter bond. Whereas I think some people might've thought that that might, might've meant that he was ready to go. Like what else is he going to achieve there? But yeah, it, it seems like he's fully committed for now. And I think that's probably really exciting, especially considering when you first hired him, we talked about how he might be gone <laughs> two months into the next season if things didn't bounce right because of how uh, trigger happy you had been right before that with managers. So uh Seeing how well it's gone, uh, you know, well, I guess it doesn't make me happy. It probably makes you happy. So congratulations on that front. Um, with all of this in mind, with some exciting players coming in, Rodgers staying, getting the FA Cup, but falling just short of the Champions League spots. Coming into this season, is that the expectation that you will be able to get into the top four? I know when Steve and I just did our Tottenham update, we mentioned Leicester is one of the teams we'd probably have to beat if we were to try to nab one of those top four spots. Yeah, I think that's still the expectation is to still compete. I think I don't think you can sanction like a regression from where we've been. Um, and it would be a regression to not compete for the top four, even though we've not been in it for the last couple of years um, and just missed out. I still think it would be a regression if we weren't able to compete on that level. Um, a trophy is a major monkey off the back of Rogers because it's always it was always something that fans will use to beat managers with when things aren't going well in the league they'll say well why didn't we give it a better go in the cups um because we are you know a team that could in theory win a, league, uh, a trophy um so i'm glad that he's got that um on his side now because i think that gives him a bit more leeway not that it was ever in any trouble but it was always something that puel for example would face criticism for because he'd rotate in the league prioritizing that over the cups and that then angers the fans who think that winning a cup is probably better than a Champions League qualification in the moment, even if they're not looking forward to the, the finance side of it and that kind of thing, which is a little bit kind of more cold and um, distant, I guess. You have to look at it with a slightly different eye to think celebrating a fourth place finish is better than a, an FA Cup final win. Um, I still think it's it's got to be 
the aim and actually maybe the owners are now saying right we've won the the, the trophy that we wanted we want to now push on and your only goal for this season is the top four um you know based on the investment that's going in if we can hold on to all of our players yes you can't control what's happening in the squads around you in theory Manchester United should be just as good you know Liverpool should be good Chelsea should be even better than they have been um under Tuchel now that they've come in and hit a serious head of steam and they've not got Lampard at the helm for the first part of the season anymore so it might not be possible but if that's still the aim then you know I'd say it has to be the number one priority for this year now that we've satisfied that kind of trophy um, approach in terms of like securing some silverware for the fan base. Yeah, and not only will player additions help, but also you still have one of the younger squads in the Premier League and all of them will continue to improve, one would assume, maybe not in a linear way, but in theory, you're still a team on the up. So definitely wouldn't be surprised if you managed to get into the top four and maybe stay there for a bit, especially as uh, the big six very quickly becoming just a big four with Tottenham Arsenal kind of uh, clearly separated from the other ones. But but typically, at least one or two of those bigger clubs struggles every year, which tends to open up a spot that nobody expects. So I guess the question is, which club is that going to be this year? Or will it just be chalk with the big clubs just taking all, all six of those top six spots? Or seven now, depending on how seriously people take the... Uh, European Conference League. Um, that'll do it for us today, though. Uh, if you'd like to tell folks where they can find you or anything you're working on, now be a good time. Yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Jim Knight Tweets, as Kev said at the top of the show, and you can find me there for any disagreements or you know points otherwise to make. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks, Jim. It was an absolute pleasure. And folks at home, we hope you keep listening. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.